Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I want to spend a moment or two this morning thinking about Pontius Pilate. Of all the biblical characters you might have imagined that we, have, we would ponder this morning, I would wager that your last guess would have been Pontius Pilate. Here we are, barely awake after our post-Thanksgiving nap, and the rest of the world has begun hurtling at warp speed towards Christmas, while we still have a week before Advent, and our Gospel reading hoists us away from all of that to Good Friday, and the trial of Jesus before the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. Not, know, not much is known about Pilate. The biblical account has been confirmed by other historical documents that a Pontius Pilate did serve as fifth prefect of the Roman province of Judea under Emperor Tiberius from approximately 26 to 37. He was an equestrian, but that has nothing to do with horses. That was the name of the ruling class of Roman citizens, second only to the senatorial class. He was, according to multiple accounts, rather politically incorrect, offending the religious sensibilities of his subjects. And he bungled a Samaritan uprising later in his tenure, mistakenly ordering a massive overreaction by the Roman military, which resulted in dozens of innocent Samaritans being killed. He himself was recalled to Rome after this and Pilate's career ended in shambles. And so Pilate is human, and as flawed as you or I might be. And in a scene repeated time and time again, this far from perfect regional manager is thrust into one of the greatest dramas in human history, the passion of Jesus Christ. From today's Gospel, then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And in one of the most important exchanges in this conversation, 
A line that is hauntingly fascinating, but for some reason left out of today's reading. Pilate then replies to Jesus, What is truth? What is truth? Jesus said, you say I am a king, for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Pilate replies, what is truth? What is the truth of Jesus Christ? Well, that's the rub, isn't it? That's why we're all here. That's what we've been talking about Sunday after Sunday since the beginning of last Advent. And we've gone around the circle again and taken another trip around the sun. And here we are asking the same question. What is true? In an attempt to answer that very fundamental question, the church created a holiday. How very Episcopalian. When in doubt, throw a party. Actually, it was our Roman brothers who started this party we mark today, the Feast of Christ the King. Christ the King was created less than a 100 years ago, in 1925, when the Roman Catholic Pope Pius XI. In the 1920s, while many parts of the world were celebrating the conclusion of the Great War and enjoying the innovations and liberations of the Warring Twenties, jazz, dancing, whiskey. Pope Pius was in a more contrary mood. He wrote, The seeds of discord have been sown far and wide, bitter enmities and rivalries between nations which still hinder so much of the cause of peace, a blind and immoderate selfishness, making men seek nothing but their own comfort and advantage, no peace in the home, because men have forgotten or neglect their duty, society, in a word, shaken to its foundations and on the way to ruin. Perhaps if Pius had listened to more Louis Armstrong, he would be in a better mood. So in response, the Bishop of Rome names a new feast, Christ the King so that people will order their lives to be worthy of faithful and obedient subjects of the divine king. The Anglican Church, that's us, adopted this feast, and we now celebrate it on this Sunday, the last Sunday after Pentecost, and the Sunday before the first Sunday of Advent. So how does this day have meaning for you and me? How does this image of Christ as a king resonate for us? On one level, being sure that God has a place of primary importance in our life is important. And if you're a backslider like me, a periodic check on that role of Jesus in the everyday is important. Second, we are reminded of what the next life will be like. A heaven of great beauty and light where all, be, all will be well and Jesus will reign in love and peace. And third, and I think this is the most important, we are reminded that on this day, as Christians, we are not only assured of Christ's reign when we go to our reward, but we are tasked with heralding the manifestation of that same realm in this world. And that rain looks like nothing that you 
or I or Pilate or anyone might conceive when we imagine a king. For when we think of kings, we imagine a deck of cards or some European monarchy where people talk like Mrs. Doubtfire and they weigh very daintily. But Jesus' reign will be nothing like that. Instead, our world will be turned upside down, but in a good way. For in a world that is hurting, in a world that is in pain, in a world where so many are separated by ideology or religion or class or language or appearance or love or what have you, Christ calls all of us to break through, to mend, to give witness to how the reign of Christ is transforming the world and healing those painful divisions. If you missed Will's excellent sermon last Sunday about the end of the world, excruciating singing besides, he spoke very beautifully about the eventual healing of inmates that he visited at Parchman Prison. So if you want to hear a really good Christ the King sermon, go online or on to the book face and listen to last week's sermon. But today you're stuck with me. But for when we look out our windows in the morning, whether we see cotton fields or skyscrapers or our neighbor walking the dog, we are called as followers of this Christ, as subjects of this King, to see how God is working in the world and to be part of that work. God calls us to take the love that we know here at the chapel or at Bratton Green or at Curcio or at Happening or in Parchman and proclaim it out there. For that love can do amazing things in that world and that love is so needed in our world. The world is fundamentally asking the same question that Pilate asked 2,000 years ago. What is truth? And we know that the answer is Jesus. Amen.